Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right, so uh, we are here with Matthew Ferry. I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you for, for adapting. We had this interview scheduled yesterday. Something came up and you're very gracious to to accommodate a day later. So I appreciate that. You are welcome. And one of the things that I'm really committed to is flexibility. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Um, I mean, so I think once people hear your, your last name, they'll know, I mean, the especially within the real estate field, what you and your family has, have built over the years. Kind of walk me through... I mean, growing up in an environment like that where you're, it seems like you guys started it, um, you and your brother and your dad at a young age, right, in the real estate field. Yeah, well, for me, I started off at about nine years old. I was having these crazy experiences where I was leaving my body, but I didn't know what it was. And so I went after like everything possible, sex and drugs and rock and roll and playing in bands. And then I connected up with my father uh, and his business when I was 21 years old. He and a, you know, relatively nice sized um, real estate sales training business. Uh, but my brother and I joined him and um, that's really where the exponential started to happen. And, and the exponential happened for him and for my brother, Tom, and for me, uh, all in different ways. And, um, and we spent a tremendous amount of time learning, growing, becoming, trying to, trying to be everything that we, that we spoke about, that we were teaching. And as we worked on being what we taught, uh, the, the our companies uh, just went absolutely bonkers, and uh, and so that was that was sort of how it all began. So family businesses can be very difficult. I mean, I, I've seen some that work together. One's more of an outgoing personality. One's more in, like introvert and things like that. How was that in, in that environment for yourself? Because right now, I mean, now you talk about mindset and growth and every video you put on for your dad, it's about we're going to go out there, take advantage, call expires. And so it's a, a contrasting um, persona, it seems like. Yeah. So first of all, of course, family businesses are much more difficult because you have the, you have the sort of genetic, hereditary, uh, familial, cultural components that aren't Next, you know, they're not necessarily uh, so strong and present in a in any other kind of business. I think that because the group, my brother, myself, and, and my father, because each of us were actually really dedicated and committed to mindset, uh, very early on we were able to to start to figure out how to work with each other. Um, but for me, it was insanely present this the the conflict and the contrast and the negativity and and all of those the clashing personalities that was i was so sensitive to it and it really helped me actually i'm i'm so grateful now that i was sensitive to it because it it assisted me in figuring out how do i optimize my inner state to be at peace and kick ass in fact my my latest book that i wrote quiet mind epic life really documents like the process that I went through as I started to realize I can go and do affirmations and I can go do visualization and I can walk on hot coals and I can do all this stuff. And then I get home and I feel like shit. Now what? I can go and do therapy and then my father can activate me in a heartbeat. What's the process by which I can, I can go into a state of peace 
so that I can be free to behave in an effective fashion. And I'm so grateful that I had my father and my brother there by my side, both training with me and providing that contrast so that I could develop my methodology in, in the family business. How, how long did it take you to start realizing you had a different way of looking at it? Because I know you said you had that dream at, at nine. Immediately. It was so, it was so clear to me that, um, that my father and I had um, opposing views that were operating symbiotically. In other words, for me, I was, I was um, at first conflicted and I, had, uh, I experienced all kinds of negativity in the beginning when I was young in my 20s. But slowly, slowly but surely, as I began to study some of my mentors, I began to realize, oh, wow, actually, this is perfect that I am in this situation. It is developing me into the kind of person that I want to be. It's a, uh, I said to my father, uh, he and I have had so many conversations where I have brought to him my, my, grievant, my grievances and then, and then discerned for him that my grievances are all me and they're not him. And even though I want to blame him, I realize it's me. And, and I would say to him, you know, you are the fire that forged the steel of my blade. I have become this man who can be completely and totally at peace and kick ass and be creative and be resourceful and move the ball down the court. I've become that under your wing. So as you have telling people push and force and make it happen and drive and grind and all of that, I, I took all of those experiences in and, and said, well, wait a second, there's got to be a better way for the more sensitive types like me. And that's really what that's really what it came down to is that I was just really sensitive. And so I, I can't grind and get away with it. I can't push and force and not be harmed personally by taking that approach. I had to find a peaceful, joyous, enlightened way to do it. That's what I wrote out of my book, Quiet Mind Epic Life. That's like what it is. So not to dive too deep into to the idea. I mean, I guess we can. Um if let's say someone's like listening right now and they're in an environment that's, I guess, a little more strenuous on them and it, it affects them. Is it more so about changing the way you look at that environment or is it getting yourself out of that environment? Does that make sense? It's it's both. So wherever you go, you'll still be there. So whatever sucks about the environment, you bring that suckiness with you. It's a contextual framework. Now there are environments that are degrading. I can't carry around a, a, uh, a, a piece of uh, plutonium in my pocket and not be degraded by the radioactive material. That's just reality. There are certain people and environments that are naturally degrading to us. But one of the things that I always recommend to my students is start with you. It's never you. It's always them. It's never, I'm sorry. It's never them. It's always you. I got that in reverse there. It's never them. It's always you. And if you begin with the idea that I can change the contextual framework and discover how all is well, then when you make the change, you'll make the change because you're for something, not because you're against something. When you make changes because you're against it, you bring what you're against with it and it just shows up in the next place. This is one of the 
practices that makes enlightenment such an incredible tool for today's society. We are optimized as human beings to be against things, to to avoid negativity, to create negativity, to create change, to hate things enough to hopefully make them better. Uh, but all of that comes from our ancestors and our predecessors. Today, we're in a position where the only thing that's really going to kill most people is what they eat and the stress that they have, heart attack and cancer. And, and therefore, we have an opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime to actually shift the model for making change to being completely at peace, accepting things exactly as they are, and then making the change from that new place. If we can jump back. So you joined your, your father at 21 um, to build that company to, to where it is now. Um, did you always have that idea in place that you're going to do schooling and then come back to join the family business and kind of grow it up a little bit? Or was it? I, I hated school. I was going to be a rock star. I got a recording contract when I was 16. We did all kinds of musical shenanigans. And uh, by the time I was uh, 18, I was fired from my uh, record label. Uh, and heartbroken, I decided to do uh, recording engineering. I got a degree in recording engineering and completed that. And as I completed that, I realized that it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And I was lost. And I went to my father for the really for the very first time. And and said, I, I want to come see what you do, and maybe I could do that with you. And he said, well, you can be in sales. And I was like, I had no idea what sales was. Uh, I was going to be a rock star, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, there was no selling. I didn't understand business, anything. And and he said, well, I said, what do you, what does it take? And he says, you just have to read the script. And I thought, oh, well, I mean, I, I follow the script all the time in music. You just read the music, and you're off to the races. And that was really the beginning of my process. Now, my father really blessed me with his desire for me to learn and grow. And then somehow I'm oriented to learning and growing uh, because a lot of people aren't obviously, but uh, he introduced me to all the mentors that he worked with. And then he introduced me to all the mentors that he wished that he would work with. And then I just kept going and going and going and going from there. And it was uh, that, that progression, even though it was, certainly not planned, it turned out to be extraordinary. Being that you were signed by a record label at such a young age, um, and then it kind of get let go, and now you're in your father's business making money, did you ever think, was there ever a moment where you go, I want to get back into the music industry? Oh, my God. The entire, the entire first seven years, so from... Uh, 21 to 28. But then what I did at about 27 is I said, well, wait a second. There's nothing stopping me from doing music other than putting a structure in place to have that occur. What if I applied the Mike Ferry system to music and see what happens? And so I began to, to break the status quo. I began to optimize my schedule, my processes, my accountability. I began to uh, um, work with mentors and start to engage the music industry in a whole different way. And within about 18 months, I had a song on the U.S. Billboard club play charts called You Won't See Me Cry by an artist named Marcus Scholes, who is uh, now a world famous DJ. 
And uh, about a year and a half after that, I released an album called Vertigo Deluxe, which I still get paid on today. I mean, 20 years later, you know, I think it came out in 1999. Um, but then my biggest success after that was actually something called Energy Affirmations. And I just, uh, I, I just said to myself, like, well, how, what if I just take the worlds that I'm in and, and smush them all together? And, and what, would that, what would that do? And I was really deeply into affirmations back then. And I was also deeply into trance music and house music. And so I made first a trance album and combined it together with, uh, with uh, positive affirmations. And then a few years later, I made a house music album and combined it together with uh, affirmations. And those two, those two albums, we probably sold $1.5 million worth of $20 CDs. I mean, it was nuts. So I probably made more money not being in the music industry than most people make in the music industry. And it was really a testament to applying all the methodologies that my father and my brother and I were developing just to that hobby, I guess. Did those successes quench the thirst of being a rock star because you were successful with those albums? Uh, actually, I made peace with that um, you don't get what you want, you get what is perfect. And I remember one day I was training for a marathon and my buddy uh, John and I uh, were, were running together and I don't know, I was moping and whining about something. And he just like stopped me. We were, I think we were on like a 18 mile run or something. And he just stopped me and, and he and he's, grabs me by the shoulder and he goes, what is your problem? And I was like, I'm, I want to be a rock star. I want to, I, I can't believe that I'm in this business. And, blah, blah, blah. and he like looked at me, pushed me backwards. And he said, Matthew, you dumbass, you are a rock star, but you're a rock star who makes a difference. You're a rock star is your words you're just not singing them but sing them if you want to dude and i was like Whoa. wow that was a, that's a powerful um conversation you had right there he's a real smart amazing guy for sure so when you knew that you were leaving uh i guess your your father's business and going off um onto your own and building your own platform were there any kind of hurdles, worries, things like that, that you were kind of scared of making the jump, making the leap of something successful and kind of building something from scratch? A hundred percent. But my, by that time, my mind had gone completely quiet. And so I was dealing with something else. I was dealing with this uh, incredible fearlessness. So I was, I was feeling no fear, but at the same time I was experiencing uh, incredible amounts of rational and logical thought process. So it was like this weird combo that I was experiencing. And ultimately, what I decided to do was a technique that that I now use all the time for any time I'm taking risk, and that is to face the worst case scenario. And it's actually something uh, during this COVID time, it's something that I've been doing with my coaching clients and my mastermind clients just over and over and over and over and over. And that is you you take that fear or that doubt or that concern and you go all the way. You just say, okay, well, let's say I leave my dad's company and then the, my next venture fails, which by the way, my next venture did fail. My next venture fails. 
and then what and then what and then what and then what you just go all the way down to because your mind is your mind is insane i call the mind the drunk monkey and the drunk monkey is fearful of the most negative things that will probably never happen so you, you go all the way down to the most negative and then you say all right if that happens what will i do not how will i avoid it what will i do if that happens and as soon as you make peace with what you'll do if the most negative happens all of a sudden you can breathe again your mind gets clear you become creative you become resourceful you open up to a whole new set of possibilities and i did that over and over and over during that time i i built i essentially declared i was going to go and and um build my ultimate dream dream company and the hilarious thing is i ended up building a company that was sort of like the fu mike ferry company right it's like instead of building what i wanted i built like the screw you i'm smart enough i can do it company and of course you know that generally fails when you do those kinds of things uh and so thankfully i i almost went completely broke and from the let's call it universe or god or whatever it is right from that smashing my face into the ground and putting its knee on my neck and and almost choking me out um i had an epiphany i had an awakening and i i admitted matthew your mind is quiet most of the time you see things that other people don't see you just need to own it dude and it was one of the most important times of my life i'm i'm so i feel so blessed but i was such a radical failure when when you're in those moments of of failure i mean it can be difficult for for some people to get out of there and some people stay there longer than others i mean do you remember what that driving force that big why that was kind of pushing you out of that idea of of sadness failure whatever it might be um i don't think that there was actually a a big driving force what there was was inspiration and the inspiration was really something like what would it be like if i didn't give a shit about success about looking good about being revered about being smart and and how can i optimize my life in such a way that i can do the projects that i'm inspired to do and i can do them without getting caught up in the illusion that they're important. And this is really part of my methodology. My methodology is about operating from a place of detachment because when you do, you're free to behave and act. And I was able to jujitsu ju my my life very very quickly back into a a pretty optimal place. I mean, this was 2007. My company went under. I had to let everybody go and sell all the equipment and you know beg the the um uh you know the guy who owned the building to let me out of the lease and and on and on and on and it turns out that that was so valuable because then i got then i let i let all of the weight go and i could focus in on what really mattered and what really mattered to me was figuring out how do i communicate to people this idea hold on let me stop my phone from from beeping there how do i communicate this idea that you can have a quiet mind 
and that will lead to living an epic life. And that that journey has been 2007 until now. I mean, that it's taken me a long time to figure out the specific system for people's mind to go quiet so they can live an epic life. You're married, correct? I think I saw that on. I am. I am married. I'm actually married to my third wife. So at in 2007, when you were failing and then kind of starting your own company, was that the current wife, previous wife? That scared the hell out of my last wife. Okay, it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and rightfully so. I mean, we went from we, we went from making um, six figures a month to a fraction of that. Uh-huh. And 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 you know that that's a stressful situation. Unfortunately, I was not that stressed out about it because my mind was quiet. I was not experiencing fear like normal people experience it. And that was, that was disruptive to the two of us. And she, it, it was hard for her to understand how I was completely at peace when our entire life was a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that has to be tough for for any relationship, right there. Any, because you, it sounds like you've gone through a lot of, um, got a lot of mental strength over the years. So, you know, accumulating that, that knowledge base. Now, if you could look past your, I mean, building this company, your history as a, a youngster, I mean, where do you see like your some of your biggest struggles that you kind of maybe changed you? Was it the, the failure of the business? I mean, was it losing that contract. I mean, where do you see like some of the, the biggest struggles you kind of had to fight through? No, the biggest struggle has, has been overcoming the illogical idea that I can't speak my truth without experiencing some negative consequence. So like a, a fear to just try and fit in and tow the family line and tow the, um, toe the cultural line. I would say the biggest struggle that I've had is, is breaking the illusion that family is important. Money is important. Uh, success is important. The, all of the, all of those things that, that we prize in America are actually mental, emotional, and spiritual traps and your ability to, and my ability to, uh, to fully express exactly who I am and be the best version of me uh, was really and and even now still is limited by the by the illusion that all of those things are important so this 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 struggle has been finding finding the way to be fully myself while being rational responsible effective accountable keeping my word keeping my promises you know the the normal person who goes through some kind of spiritual awakening is going to tend to run away from everything as the, as their, um, their response or their, their way of dealing with it. And that just never made sense to me. What made sense to me was be a person living outside of the survival based traditional norms and kick ass and have a great life. And, and I think that that's a different way to do it. Yeah. I mean, now, coming like I may not reach the lines, but there's some I guess positive and negative baggage with associated with your name, right? Because I mean, like we talked about, the idea is now, 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 business, business, business. 
And when you talk about enlightenment and things like that, even to your clients, you have to overcome basically what some of them might believe that is associated with your name. How do you do that? Is it through advertising? Is it through the initial call? Is it like, how do you change the way when they say, when they see Matthew Ferry, they look at you in a different way? That makes sense? I, yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, I've reinvented myself several times in my life. Uh, and I think that most people do actually reinvent themselves on a regular basis. Uh, especially if you're a growth-oriented individual, you come to a new set of conclusions. Uh, it changes your your ideas about yourself and about the world, your contextual framework shifts. And now you have to go on a campaign. And and the campaign is like any other campaign. You You must speak your new story to all the people that you spoke the old story to. And you got to see where the cards lie because um, you'll leave a lot of people behind as you do that. But as you, as I have gotten more and more clear about who I am and, and admitted that my mind went quiet in 2006 and, and I didn't know what to do. And then I had to figure out a way to communicate what that even meant. And that in the process of my going, my mind going quiet, I developed a system to, help other people do the same thing. And that system is called the rapid enlightenment process. As I have said those words over and over and over and over, I don't really get calls from people who want me to help them to with their NLP or their expired scripts or their tie downs or their objection handling, right? I, and of course I could do all of that stuff that, you know, that's like in, in my sleep, I can do that. Uh, you know, my brother and my father and I, we, we wrote those scripts together and we optimized and optimized and optimized. It's fun. Uh, but that's just not the life that I live anymore. Are, is uh, your father and your, your brother, everyone's still gets together for holidays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we're going to be getting together um, for my sister's wedding in, in two Saturdays from now. Oh, nice. And, 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 and yes, absolutely. And then um, my father, my brother and I are all going to speak on the same stage with Deepak Chopra and one other person uh, at the NARREP uh, uh, conference coming up at the end of September. Is there any kind of like family rivalries of who gets the most applause at something like that? <laughs> Uh, if there is, I don't, I don't know. I don't participate in it. Um, I think that, you know, I think my brother and my father have come to a place where, uh, they both know that they're alphas and they both know that they're, that they're awesome and that they're amazing. I think that they've come to that place now, but when, you know, when the split up first happened, it was, it was chaos, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. If, if someone's listening right now and they're maybe... They have a, a family-run business that their parents are trying to get them to get more involved with, but maybe it's maybe not their calling. What kind of advice do you think you'd give to a person like that? Download my app immediately. Okay. Go on the App Store, download the Matthew Ferry app. On there, I have a, a free 23 daily practice process. And in that process, you will you'll learn the tried and true things that I did to be at peace in the process of dealing with the chaos of a family business. But then that's not just what I did. It's also what I then experimented with, with my top clients to make sure that they could be at peace and be successful at the same time. So I'll give you an example of one. 
Practice total and complete acceptance of all people in all situations at all times, including yourself. You don't know what the other person's perspective is. You're not the Lord of the universe. How you see the world is not right. It's not better. It's not correct. You just have a perception. That's it. You have a, you have a preference, but your perception and your preference don't make you right. Your opinion is the source of your suffering, not what your family is doing, not what the world is doing. You resist it and then you blame them, but you're the one who resists. So if you release your resistance, you will find yourself going into a state of peace, which then gives you an extreme strategic advantage. Creativity, resourcefulness, empowerment, chutzpah, energy, all of those things come when you're at peace. And peace happens when you are in a state of acceptance. And, and that alone right there is, is the tough part, being okay with who you are. It's, it's actually, you start by being okay with that you don't know shit <laughs> and that everything you think you know is just a story. You just made it up or you heard it from someone else or, you know, of course there is science and, and, and we, we have all kinds of things that are substantiated, but none of those things make you an emotional jackass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What makes you an emotional jackass? What gets you what gets you into a state of negativity is your resistance to people and your resistance to how things go and your illusion that you know the right way or that because you see it coming down the to, you can see it in the future that that your vision is the right vision. You have no idea. That's all just biology doing its best to help you stay alive. Well, thank you, uh, Matthew, uh, for having being on the podcast, giving so much great insight. I know all the listeners probably got some really good tidbits uh, from this. Now, if anyone's listening, wants to get more involved, get into the coaching, group coaching, Matthew Ferry's, it's just www.matthewferry.com, right? That's the website? That's me. Yeah, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-F-E-R-R-Y.com. Perfect. And we're going to have this in the descriptions too. Uh, thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.